Greetings and welcome to this week's episode of the Pixel Crashers podcast, a podcast where Morty doesn't pay attention to what he's doing and forgets to turn off the music, as per the usual. I'm Angelus DeMortio, joined once again by Kevin Seven. Who's muted? Or is he? Exactly. <laughs> That's why I waved, because I realized I was muted, because I was trying to do some last-minute tweaks before we went live. And uh-huh. now I don't see us live. We are, we are live. Correct names. Already not paying attention as per usual. You know, that's how it is. Zyphon's also here. Glowing things. Oh, oh wait, sorry. Lupa! <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't guessed, uh, Kev has uh, spent the last hour just gambling on loot boxes, so he's kind of still on that, like, uh, euphoria from uh, all the gambling. Woo! Loot box didn't get shit! <laughs> I spent $300 trying to get LeBron in 2K19. He's trying to play that off like he's joking. We I know don't better. even own 2K19. We know better. I don't own 2K18 either. Uh-huh. I've seen the light. No, no, you're right. You are 100% right. You don't own 2K18 or 2K19 because they own you. If they own me, they'd have my money right now, but they don't. <laughs> Are you sure? Positive. Open your wallet. Show us all the money you don't have. Well, see, I'm married, so I, and I have kids, so I automatically don't Damn have it, money. you were supposed to fall for that trap. No. It's almost as good as what was um, the comedian I saw a couple, week, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was, what was the old stand-up from his meme I was watching on Netflix? He was saying, um, what show me um, Green Lantern's power? Because I've never seen a man with a ring in power. Oh! <laughs> I forget it was this Mexican cat. He was funny as shit. <laughs> Kev is a broke. <laughs> yeah, show me a guy with the ring in power. Yeah, good times. <laughs> that aside, as I'm trying to make a, a clean recovery from it, it's not going to happen very easily. No, it's not. Games and stuff have happened this week. Now... Before we get Games. before we get too long, I know Kev is super excited about this, and we're gonna Man. tackle it real quick, just because literally this was just announced like not that long ago. I think it was like what? Uh, uh, I was it Clementine? I get Clementine back. It was October seventh, so that was actually uh, that was tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow at one forty-two a.m. The fuck is going on with that time? That makes no sense. God damn it, Twitter. I don't even know what time that is. <laughs> we are breaking news that has not even happened yet. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the preeminent source of gaming news. And in any case, you have one job, yes. <laughs> it says October 7th, 142 a.m. That uh, Skybound Games, the publisher of The Walking Dead, I believe, um, announced that they've reached a deal with Telltale Games that will allow Sky Skybound to continue The Walking Dead the final season. I know Kev's super hyped about that because he wants yes. his, he wants his Walking Dead goodness back. He wants he wants Clementine to kill everything. Um we all know that she's actually the villain behind all of the evil in the world in that game. But she was an innocent little girl. You think that? Mind uh-huh. her own business. Just waiting for her parents to come home from vacation. And they never came back. Yeah. Huh? However, obviously, the the big problem on there is, of course, that's obviously funding for uh, The Walking Dead. 
But what are we going to do about the people? Yeah, the people are still getting laid off. And this does not say... Oh, they, they laid off the last 25 this week, too. Yeah, they, they laid off everybody in the company. Let's also not forget the fact this does not say that Telltale Games is going to be um, making The Walking Dead the final season. It says they've worked out a deal with Telltale that will allow Skybound to continue The Walking Dead. In other words, Skybound is going to continue The Walking Dead with another studio, more than likely. Oh, ouch. Good times. See, I didn't even read that deeply into it. You used the fucking my email number, bro. Sorry, Kev. <laughs> Started out as he was thinking it was going to be good news. Right. And then they go fuck around. And and as it, it turns out, it was Knight. maybe news. <laughs> they go fuck around send it out to the people that um, ported Arkham Knight. Watch. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I, I I don't. I, I, I'm... Look, okay. I remember to turn my phone on vibrate. Thanks, Kev. I appreciate that. My my major thing. Don't we all? <laughs> my major thing is is that this was actually a concern that was brought up by people in the uh, games industry before. That yes, they may continue The Walking Dead, but not with um not with Telltale Games. Um, and that's kind of the issue that we run into is that it this doesn't look like this is going to be Telltale Games again. Um. <laughs> course it starts uh with the the fuck telltale um whoever we talk about you can just pretty much guarantee there's gonna be uh fuck, fuck, fuck yeah. somebody yeah every, everybody oh, yeah. everybody gets it um i mean see at least can we talk about megan fox in the chat if we're gonna do that <laughs> see i can see where i went there <laughs> wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't you want to pick someone that's a little bit more attractive I think Megan Fox. Is <laughs> I have to throw shade on Kev. Every, you know, he. he... Uh, I'm, I'm looking at him like Megan Fox isn't attractive. No, listen, listen. <laughs> you you just got this great news. Walking Dead's coming back. I have to throw shade on that with some uh, some some careful reading. You think Megan Fox looks good? I have to throw some shade on that. Just what I do. Oh. I am Kev's foil. I am the end. Most people don't realize they think. Morty's the host of this show. He's the protagonist, right? No, that's what you don't. That's what you fail to realize. I'm actually the antagonist here. He's always a Sith. Oh, here, I... here's the thing to think about. Well, yes, you are, but you aren't, because the villain is always the hero of their own story. A good story they are, and I am the hero. Well, is, this, is this like a Bill Cosby kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> He thought he was just helping these girls out. Here's a drink. That, that, oh my god! What wait did a minute. You? Yeah. Now you're now you're making me suspicious on if I should keep drinking this. I'm just saying, if you go keep drinking it, stay away from pudding pops. <laughs> You'll get an extra pudding pop in your life. Oh. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> back to the Walking Dead. Do you, my my question to you guys though on on this news here? Do you guys think that um? That this they will actually like maybe bring back the Walking Dead team um, to come back and didn't they kill uh, them all? Yes, they killed them all. They actually executed. Well, in them. season two, they killed almost everyone. Uh, no, I think from season two, everyone was dead, and then she was on her own in season three. <laughs> so yeah, the developers I, though. 
there there's a couple of uh see i'm not not a huge walking dead fan to begin with it like to the point of i never bothered but i've never been a big zombies person you know so it's not a matter of like oh you know it's pop culture and i have to avoid that it's no like it's zombies meh after after the lawnmower i'm kind of that way too the walking dead the um the telltale games particularly aren't really about the zombies it's about the people surviving in the zombie apocalypse. Well, that's, that's kind of what the show is It's about, about seeing who dies next. It's a lot like Game of Thrones. But at any rate... Um, Game of Thrones, though. Is... The... <laughs> I, I, I have to get around I, to that I, I haven't seen much of it. I like I bought the first season last year on Black Friday. My wife, I was going to watch it with my wife. We never got around to finishing it. But the I think I've watched like three episodes of it, which I all enjoyed. But my biggest memory of this is um, when they're selling the um, old girl to this prince or king or whatever, and her brother and it's her brother, and he says, "I would let all of my soldiers and their horses fuck you if it meant getting what I want." From then, it's been called horse fuck diaries. Listen, there's so much. I can't. Uh, there's so much. Don't, to don't that. Like, like literally, the last thing I saw was dude fucking his sister doggy style a kid climbed into the window and saw and got pushed down that's the last thing i remember yep that's uh cersei and um god damn i can't remember his name the two lannister siblings yeah well there's a short one okay but yeah the short the short one's amazing continuing story of walking dead it depends on how the, the the new uh uh, the new studio wants to deal with it. If they're trying to pick up where it left off, which unless they have followed it closely, if they do are become very studious and they're confident their writers can continue in that uh, format, that direction, then that would not be a bad way to go. But the thing is, is t- you know, completely different studio taking over from one to another. If they're, to continue, if they're trying to continue where it was left off, that is going to be hard shoes to follow. And that, that has been the case. Like, you look at sequels of movies that have been done by um, different teams, you know, it, and I don't mean just cast, but the entire crew has been replaced. And you can just tell it's not right. right. So they, it would actually not be, it would be possibly be in their better interest to try and take the story in a different direction, whether it is a flashback or some other stupid shit like that, whatever they got to do to more or less uh, fumble their way around any potential plot holes that they could end up creating. Yeah. I think about that too. And then I think about the way the Telltale games work. They were going to do four episodes. Each episode's about an hour and a half to two hours. I haven't played episode two yet. Episode two's out. But we're talking about just finishing the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. I would say, why not reach out to the people that I know got fucked over? And I'm not saying it's right that they got fucked over. But I'm saying, let's reach out to them and see if they're willing to work on a temp basis, at least until they can find something else and get on their feet. Which is what I think That's should happen a good idea. in the first place. The thing is, is that even, even with that... And some of them are going to say, fuck off. Well, here's the thing. is Even with that, the reason uh, why the cry was for Severance specifically... Is is largely because the the real issue is that when you lay off a whole group, maybe a quarter of the studio was working on Walking Dead. If you bring back that quarter of the studio on a temp basis, cool. But then you have the seventy five percent of the rest of the studio are still out on their ass, fucked over, with no severance. Oh, I agree. I, and that's it. Is perfect. 
Yeah. But I'm saying it's better. It's better than you know nobody getting it, which is where they're at now because Telltale ain't got money. Yeah. And it's, it's like it's a fucked up scenario. It's fucked up for everyone because you know you had the fans like myself who just were excited to see the final season, excited to see how it ended. It's like and I still want to see how it ends. At the same time, I feel for these developers. Yeah. Then at the same time, it's, uh, then at the same time, it's like you know. N- well, I, I get it. You don't you, you don't get severance. I'm like when you're making three figures. I'm not sure how bad I feel for you, and I don't mean to say that. It's like an asshole when I say this. If you're making six figures, you don't get severance. You got to realize it though is that when you get up to a professional level, when it, when you have larger salaries than that, now there's a certain point where this becomes silly, right? When you get to like executive level, when you're making seven figures right there's a there's a difference in that but when you're making up you know like the high tens of thousands low hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. oftentimes you're in an area where um you you tend to be living at that level of income right so if you get thrown out on your ass you know you have an expensive mortgage that you have to pay kids you have to take care of just like everybody else the difference between those like people in that situation versus people that have uh, more entry-level jobs is that it's much easier to find entry-level jobs than it is high-skilled jobs. Uh, that's something that, that a lot of people try to don't necessarily think is the case because you think, oh man, uh, unless you're in a very in-demand field where there's like, you know, for example, like nursing is, is almost always in demand, right? Um, but if you're in a field that is very competitive and not very in demand you could be out of work for six months or more whenever you are living the income level of someone making six figures all of a sudden you're just like anybody else after six months of not working you are you can collect unemployment for a bit maybe and then mm-hmm. then what you know and unemployment isn't going to pay well, you all what you were making oh well anymore. and you know even if those people aren't living to that uh, aren't up to that living standard you know, say they're living well below their means, maybe a little bit above entry level, but you look, you know, unless they scrub a lot of the resume, if they try to get lower level work, a lot of people look at that like, you know, we, mm-hmm. you're overqualified for this position. Yeah, we don't they, want to be paying you for the experience that you have. We want to be paying people who are trying to get experience. And a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of... Uh, I can't remember the job position. A lot of the people that do hiring, you know, especially when you have a competitive field like that, it's like, well, you've already got the experience. You don't need this entry level job. We, you know, this other person here, they need to get the experience and we can push them around a lot more and we know we can get away with it. <laughs> well, yeah. See, I've never considered that. Like, I've always thought when people say you're overqualified, like, what the fuck do you mean I'm overqualified? Am I qualified for the job? It's like, you, well, you know better. You know how to deal with the shit better. We also know exactly how, you know, what level of fucking with you that they are legally allowed to get away with. Yeah, essentially, mm-hmm. if you're someone who is a, uh, like, you're you're an executive level person and you're trying to get a job at Wendy's, right? They're going to say, like, okay, this doesn't really make sense. Like, we, you know, you're not, you're way, you're way too high for this and we can't pay you the wage that your experience dictates. Um you know, that's just. I guess that makes sense. You can't go from being a doctor to then, like you said, going to work at Wendy's or something. Yeah. People are going to um, kind of 
that that's generally the problem that you run into. So as a result, and, and generally a lot of employers, if a person who's very eminently qualified through decades of service working, getting a job at Wendy's, most people think, oh yeah, they're a shoe in for Wendy's because you know they have all this experience. Actually, uh, depending on the, the, the personnel running the Wendy's, of course, uh, a lot of Wendy's will actually turn them away because you're taking a job away from an entry-level market person. And that's that's kind of they tried to be that that door in for people that have never had a job before. Um, and as far as uh, Labasulia um, commented, saying it's pretty fucked up to throw people out like that. Don't companies save up for things like that? Um, sometimes companies do have escrows set up for severance in the event of a bankruptcy. Most of the time, not. I mean, you plan to go bankrupt. I mean, I don't. No, no, nobody plans to go out of business. Yeah, my my whole con- and I think the saddest part about the tell whole story is it was just a lot of mismanagement. Like they got too big for their britches too fast, and I don't think they ever really thought about how expensive it is to do what they do. Like you don't own IP. Telltale owns nothing. Yeah, they're all so it, it, it's constantly funneling money out. Well, and because they're constantly funneling money, it's like now they're at a position. I saw people, I see people all the time on podcasts and on Twitter saying, "Oh, well, why don't somebody pick them up? Why don't somebody help them out? Why don't somebody buy them? For what? They don't own anything." Yep. I could just these micro, like for example, we'll say Microsoft. Microsoft's buying up a bunch of studios right now. They can say, "Oh yeah, why don't Microsoft pick up Telltale?" Or they can just start their own studio and do the same thing. Yeah, because Telltale's well, been working a, all on license or uh, licensed IP. Yeah, yeah, and no, Microsoft. Well, that, that's the thing is like, anyway. mm-hmm. well, here's a reason why nobody wants to buy out uh, uh, Telltale is because they don't have anything worth long-term investment. Yep. Like, yes, they may have good authoring ideas, but they could just as easily uh, poach the members of that development team, mm-hmm. you know, for writing skills. You know, and fair. the thing is, it's like, yeah, there's issues with poaching in the industry, but when it comes to a smaller company like that, they could get away with it a hell of a lot easier. To but be the fair, thing is, is since they, ha- yeah, uh, to be fair, they do have a game engine. That that is the one piece of IP I would say that is that is actually worth quite a bit. I mean, um, you know, whenever you look at what really is valuable in a, a game studio to buy, it's usually the engine that is the most expensive. Like you look at like big names out there like Frostbite or Unreal, that sort of thing. Those are where, like, DICE, the games, the IPs that, that DICE has made, they don't even own them, technically, right? Oh, I know. Um, but uh, I think they actually oh, still... DICE wholly... doesn't own Battlefield? No. They were making Battlefield before they got picked e- up by EA. EA, no, see, that's the thing. EA is very good on on what they pay for, right? Same thing with Bioware. Mm-hmm. Whenever EA bought DICE and bought Bioware... They bought all of the IP that those companies, they 100% own the IP. However, what I'm not sure about is the game engine that they've developed. Uh, Now, if they've developed... Well, Mass Effect wasn't Unreal, and I believe the first two Dragon Age games were too. Yes, but I'm I'm mainly looking at Frostbite. That is the Mm -hmm. holy... Yeah, that's the one that DICE developed. And I don't know if EA owns Frostbite. I think they do, though. I would but, assume they do. That's why they're using all their. Games. I mean, like the what is it, Unreal Four or Unreal Five? That one costs a per, pretty penny to license out, but the I the generation before that, that is cheap or free. 
you know, depending on what yeah. scale I'm Unreal you're 4, looking at. I think, is that's, the one that's... A lot of times, you no. if a developer's running with Unreal, and it's not that it's bad. It, Unreal's yeah. good. It's, you know, not, not uh, it's, you know, it's very familiar with a lot of people to work with because it's been out there for a long time and it hasn't had very, very significant changes over the generations other than keeping up with more modern hardware and techniques. But that's the thing is uh, like Unreal is cheap. So you're looking at a smaller studio that they're, they're going with Unreal. When you see somebody running Unreal, that's unless, of course, it's um, what uh, is it, uh, Blizzard or Epic that actually owns the Unreal Engine. Yes. I can't remember. Uh, it's Epic. Yeah, it's Epic. Epic. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, of course, they're using the latest and greatest Unreal Engine on their shit, too. But it depends. You know. Well, here's the thing. Well, they might that... be using Vive at this point because they develop it. Yeah, uh, Epic. Um, are they are they the ones behind Fortnite? Yes, Epic owns Fortnite. Yes. Yeah. So the thing is, is that before Fortnite, Epic had dabbled in a few games here and there, like since their Unreal days, and they've had a few hits over the years. Largely, that company has has made their living off of licensing out Unreal. So when they came out yeah. with Unreal Five, it was it it actually was a good PR move for them to. Uh, and we're kind of going way off topic here. It was a good PR move. Can we keep talking about Unreal Five. Unreal Five isn't out yet. Or no, it's Unreal Four. They made yes. Unreal Three free, which was a good PR move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it more or less. I would give them Unreal Two. Screw that. Fuck yeah. you, baby. But they've they've made so much money off of licensing out Unreal. Like Unreal's been in a ton of games. It's kind of like the Havoc engine. Havoc engine's been fucking everywhere as well. So that's kind of uh, you you run into those almost as much as uh, Cry Engine tries to be out there. Yeah. But Cry Engine is notoriously difficult to work with, and it's also very demanding. Um, uh, yeah, it can be. Well, the thing is, is that it's not inherently demanding. The engine is just the toolbox. It's mm-hmm. just the toolbox. It's not the car. I just know every game that I've seen that's on CryEngine runs like shit. Yeah, that <laughs> might be no, because there's that's bad that's tools. Like games for me have run great. The biggest thing, consistent problem I've seen with CryEngine games is tearing, uh, screen tearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to have V-Sync, FastSync, some kind of you know of uh, 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 frame rate to uh, refresh rate synchronization going on, or the game will tear the shit out of itself. And this is Crisis Run Two Three and MechWarrior Online. You know, all of them running uh, a version of CryEngine. I think uh, Crisis Two started with CryEngine Three, and MechWarrior Online was also going with CryEngine Three. But all uh, all four of those games, you know, between CryEngine and CryEngine Three teared like a motherfucker the first one was the worst it, it was significantly better with cryengine 3 but it's still without some kind of sync turned on it, it would tear like fucking crazy mm-hmm. fun story about um about screen tearing i've been playing forza horizon 4 <laughs> i'm playing it at 4k 60 frames per second um almost max settings that I, I turn off the show I don't like the depth of field with vsync on i'm still getting screen tearing yeah, the game is gloriously optimized. <laughs> uh, so you, you're running with VSync and you're getting screen tearing. That, that yes, you need to actually uh, like turn some shit up. Yeah, um, you but have... I don't have anything to turn up except for like depth of field. What, you... Kev, Kev, what you need to do um, because uh, this is the nature of um, the uh, Windows apps. Um, you you have VSync turned on in the uh, Nvidia settings or in the game settings. Game settings. Well, okay, I, I don't have a good answer for it because, like, uh, Halo it Five to me, Gears has run into that it, issue. It to me, Gears of War Four also, and in Forza well, like, Seven, I think about it. 
Halo oh, 5 Forge, I was running into that issue. Um, whereas uh, turning on system settings, VSync or FastSync would do jack shit. I had to turn it on in game because of the way the Windows apps work. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, um, when I go deal with in game settings, I always go to the end game first. And then if they, like if I just don't have the setting where it just won't work in game, I'll usually force them on the driver. Yeah, but yeah, th- that's the thing is like yeah, they have their own, uh, going back into engines um, and uh, Telltale. You know, yeah, they have their own engine, but how valuable? It, yes, an engine can has some value behind it, but how valuable is that engine compared to everything else that out there? I don't, out there? I don't know if they you license know, it need... ever. So, and it's about and especially with an engine like the Telltale engine. Which is known for being buggy. Mm-hmm. Known for being buggy. It, well, buggy or not, like, is there some kind of unique property so, on so, it? So just that to could separate be gutted, it, like that's patented that could be gutted that uh, just, Microsoft or some other company could take just, over. Just to, to separate on there, the game engine is just a toolbox. You got to think of it like the game is a car in your garage. The game engine is the toolbox that you use to fix the car. Now, if you've got bad tools, then yes. It's going to be hard to fix that car properly, and chances are you may end up with a car that is has a, a few nuts loose, and you start driving down the road, and your oil starts dumping down on the road. <clears throat> but, so it's like taking it back to their music production gate days. Well, uh, I, I was actually I, I was making a stab at like, no matter how much I don't, <laughs> I, I, no matter how many times yeah, I don't like these things. I, I use um... every time you tell me to make um, working Pro Tools, I know Pro Tools won't make my music better. That kind of thing. Yes. Everybody knows you should use Ableton Live to make your music better. Bring it out. But I used Machine. Come at me, bro. <laughs> machine was glorious. <laughs> so in any case, um, but yeah, so a buggy game isn't necessarily isn't necessarily the engine. Although if the engine is crappy, then it is very difficult to make, especially if it has very substandard uh, debugging tools. Then yes, it can be very difficult to make a uh, game that is not buggy. Um, well, I got a better question for you. Then, since we know that engines don't um, are going to run like shit, why don't you just make all your shit run in Chrome? Use Chrome as an engine. Hmm. <laughs> well, funny you should say that, Kev. It was intentional. I know. <laughs> not nice segue. Not nice segue. <laughs> Although there is no there is no engine there to speak of, but. Yes, uh, moving on to our next story on there. Google did That's announce... That's not true. The games are made on consoles. Sure. They are. Just, just Console games are made on consoles. Smack yourself in the back of the head. Just just yeah. do it. Just yeah, smack go yourself ahead. Anyway, in the back of the head. Um, so Google announced uh, on Monday that um, it's launching something called Project Stream. They love titling things Project, like Project Fi... Yeah, whatever. That means it's never gonna go anywhere. Yeah, you know what? Actually, that pro- that might be a good indicator on there. Um, <laughs> That's why they came up with the name of the projects because nobody ever leaves. Uh... <laughs> project Phi, Project Aura, Project Stream. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but no, in any case, uh, they announced Monday this. Uh, it's launching Project Stream, which is a a technical test that will allow users to stream video games directly to Google Chrome. And it's going to, uh, on October 5th, it'll let a limited number of users try out the service by playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey, released by Ubisoft Worldwide on the same day. Um, the More or less what it goes on to say is that essentially it's trying to do a stre- game streaming service. Um, 
but without with using their existing Chrome platform. So given the experience that we've had with game streaming before, like PS Now or OnLive or any of those guys before, do you guys think that Google will be able to do it any better? Because some of it like just seems like it's just a no a limitation of our current internet, especially in the United States, right? Yeah, I, I don't feel the issues on the back end. I, I think it's and the the uh, network constraints and sometimes on the front end, if uh, people's you know home network, you know their internal network is not properly suited for that sort of thing too, you know, it, and it can be anywhere in the chain, you know, anywhere from your household network, the the machine, the networking capabilities of the machine you're running. Say you set up a crappy Wi-Fi coverage system and like you know. You may have a 50 megabit internet connection, but by the time it actually gets to your machine, it's running at five because you have it going through six walls. You know that 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 sort of thing. So you know that that's been the biggest issue, you know, hurdle against a lot of these things. It's not really the back end because when they do a lot of these companies do internal testing on the back end, it works pretty well for them. Mm-hmm. And then you get it to the end user experience, and it's not so great. Yeah. Well, I mean, and a lot of it is, at least with our current technology, unless you have end-to-end fiber optic transmission from point A to point B, with obviously with signal along the way, um, I, I don't see it being possible to have uh, a fast enough transmission from, say, if there's even even an ideal scenario where Google's data center is a few hundred miles away from me, um, I, you're still looking at measuring that latency and probably like at least hundreds of milliseconds, which when you're playing a video game, hundreds of milliseconds is noticeable, right? That is not, that is not insignificant. That is very much like a, oh yeah, I noticed that, um, like I pressed a button, had to wait a moment and then died. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that I, I, I'm curious if if they have something else they're going to try to do in order, like we already know Chrome is infamous for its resource hogging. If they cache content on a local computer in order to make things run faster, that's what I'm curious about. I think they're going to have to take a lesson from Sony and just let people download it. Yeah, but that's, that that kind of defeats the purpose, right? Then you're just letting people download a game. I, I think their whole point is that Google thinks they have a superior infrastructure that will allow them to do that. Oh, I understand that. Even I don't know if they have a superior infrastructure that they can, like the back end can be a superior infrastructure that doesn't, you know, you know, get it fix the, you know, the all the the point all the way to the end user. Mm-hmm. You know, like you were saying, you could be right next to a data center. They can put up a fucking data center in every city in the data U.S. Center, and that still may not be enough if it's the... traveling by. Uh, by wire or by yeah. copper wire. Yeah, they can put a data center in the same damn building as you. It doesn't mean shit. Yeah, the thing is, is he, <laughs> well, I mean, if the um, if the data center is in the same building, then then that would probably actually work. But that assume also how many people also are accessing, it. because mm-hmm. as more people access it, then the bandwidth starts getting eaten up, and all of a sudden you're now back to the latency issue again. So I'm not. I'm disappointed that he hashtag Project Dead and didn't just say fuck Google. <laughs> I I need him to stay consistent. 
Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, but no, my thing is is that I, I, I have the sneaking suspicion on there that uh that Google is just trying to get their shoe in the door in the gaming industry in some capacity or another. And they're trying to utilize what things they have. Because obviously um they uh they don't really have any sort of uh leg on any hardware industry. They don't have any PCs that they really own that are notable as any sort of gaming systems. So they're kind of trying to get in a new a uh, new leg in the door, so to speak. And uh, right. yeah, of course, there there's the fuck Google. Um <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, it's bound to happen. Yeah. It needed to happen. No, I I I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of Google all the time. I think they've done good stuff. I actually I loved Google's technology. Like I swear by Google's technology. Yeah. Like I live like I live on Google Drive, Google Photos, all that shit. I just don't think this particular idea is a good idea. YouTube has been my main um, source of entertainment for the last nine, ten years. Well, I think a lot of it is that um, Google, I think Google is probably trying to uh, <clears throat> and and posit this as an idea because this is kind of fascinating. I think what Google is trying to do, they're playing a long game here. This is just uh, dipping their toe in the water to just kind of see the technical limitations firsthand. Because what I think they're going to try to do here, imagine this. You go to YouTube Gaming. You're watching your favorite gamer play whatever game, Fortnite, whatever. And that streamer says, hey, you know, every, anybody want to hop in the lobby here? And then all of a sudden pops up on your screen. Hey, do you want to join the streamer? And you click yes. It immediately loads up Fortnite without you having to download anything to your computer. And then you can start playing with that streamer live right there in your browser. So it does. So it takes what they do on Mixer and it takes a step further. Yeah, even yeah, even more like because you will you will get options on. Uh, I believe they do this on YouTube now as well as they do it on Twitch, where you can like one click buy the game that you're looking at, right? Or you can do buy... it on Twitch. You can do it on Mixer. Yeah, I think you can do it on YouTube too. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I think what they're going to do is just this live, like, you want to play with this streamer? Bam, click a button, the game's up in front of you. Okay. Which, I mean, when you think about it, that's an amazing concept, right? That would be really cool to see that. But with the internet infrastructure in our country right now, and with the lack of net neutrality, (laughs) that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's nope. it's it's not gonna happen. Oh, you don't mean that neutrality. You're just being a snowflake, right? Um, I I know I, I really need to up upload the EDI email. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so I think it's a great dream. I don't think it's gonna happen. No. I don't. I don't think they're gonna be able to overcome uh, a monopolistic ISP structure in the country. Um, I don't know. Uh, do you guys do you guys think something different on there? What are your thoughts? Oh no, I'm right there with you. I, you know, I'm cynical enough that I I'm quite sure of this. I will throw out possibilities of claims of what is being uh, is currently in development and already on rollout. Although rollout, uh, <laughs> it's going to be not as great as the I mean, or some people think. 
um, looking at uh, wireless 5G, the millimeter wave, which does have incredibly fast response. Uh, it's it's, it's, uh, co- it's called low latency. Called wireless. It's called wireless six. Wait. Wireless six. Yep, that's the name of it. <laughs> okay, sure. That, that, I'm not oh, joking. That wait, is. You forgot to end that sentence with fact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know that's the proper punctuation right there. Yeah. Actually, I heard... What the hell was that that I heard? There was some bullshit on there, like um, <laughs> Wi-Fi 6 or something like that. Now you're distracting me with, you know... Uh, Facts. Uh, I'm tired of countering bullshit. Happens too much. But the, the millimeter wave, again, has this potential for the low latency, high-speed low latency. But I think, you know, real-world implementation, especially when you get into variable climate areas or, you know... Certain areas, it's just not going to work out so well. And that's when it gets to these areas, or if it ever gets to these areas. Because, you know, compare, like, say Verizon is, uh, I think, first to release, uh, you know, actually open up, um, you know, a 5G system. I think it's in LA. I, I don't remember, though. Like, I could be wrong on where they, you know, actually flip the on switch. But it's a lot more expensive to roll out. And despite the FCC actively shutting down states' rights to allow them to put this shit up, it's not going to have that. You're going to have a few big cities that it's going to go into, and it's probably not going to go much further than that. Like, you know, it's going to have it's going to hit the big cities, but their claim to coverage of rural areas, nope. Smaller cities, towns, nope. That, that shit ain't going to happen. And that's, again, when it starts growing big enough, like, I don't... I think it's going to be the the advertisement versus realism is not going to match up, and they're still going to run into issues with live game streaming. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I I, I am of the mind that um that it give leave uh, given unto themselves like or le- left to themselves, ISP will do their best to only put out internet where it's profitable. Yep. Well, yeah. Rural areas, rural areas are are significantly less profitable for ISP, and that's the sad facts of it. Hashtag facts. Well, the the real sad. That's, here, that's like, the whole reason why we um are kind of dealing with a lot of the bullshit we are now because like, well, it's not profitable to make to improve the infrastructure. Well, that, that's not the real to... sad part of it. The sad, real sad part of it, like, you know, a business strain away from something that isn't profitable, not completely surprising. Mm-hmm. What the real sad fact of it is municipalities and counties, because of laws that they've been tricked into creating to give right of way and, uh, you know, ease of access and oh, ease tricked. of monopolies for the ISP. You they lost me a trick. Yeah. They didn't get tricked, they got paid. Like, yes, well, and let's, no. be, let's both, be real about it. Both, both, they got tricked with money, but like now they're looking back on like, oh, we want to have community-run uh, internet service. Well, their own laws are stopping them from this shit. Not in my city. Oh, you've got uh, community ISP there. I'm using one right now. Oh, lucky you, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it for years. See, the best thing about I community... thought you were on Comcast for some reason. No, that's no me. fuck Comcast. The, see, the well, great yeah, thing... fuck Comcast, but the great Can thing. Fuck Comcast in the chat, please. That... <laughs> I'll leave that to you. 
<laughs> so the thing is, I don't even have to deal with Comcast. Like I've got a uh, a small area ISP that it, they're just having trouble keeping up with the capabilities of larger ISPs, but they're not quite so gougy and fucking horrible customer service as Com Comcast or Time Warner or whatever Time Warner's current name is. Um, you know, I don't have to deal with that bullshit, but of course, you know, my current ISP is still playing catch up with some of the other bigger guys' capabilities. But, you know, the, the benefit of, you know, municipal ISP, you know, is inherently, you know, yeah, there's a lot of slow startup process, but shit. Yeah, the ISP that I'm with, they've been around for a minute. I've had them for about a decade. And they, um, the cool part is they work with the city. The city owns the lines here. So they even lease them out to like Comcast to do what, to do what Comcast wants to do. But then on top of that, because they own the lines, like we can't get Google Fiber. We can't get um, Fios. So it basically is here. You go through the city, you get DSL, or you go through Comcast. If you go through the city, like I said, there's a bunch of local companies that deal with the city. So I have one of the local companies that deal with the city. Well, yeah, I'm talking about municipal internet that is, you know, having pushing out up-to-date internet. Instead of say just running out DSL old school two line two wire lines, that you know that that that's the equivalent of the the actual for profit ISPs that are saying, well, our our current copper system is good enough. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm saying um, no. So we have CenturyLink out here too. CenturyLink, I think, is the only company out here that actually runs DSL stuff. They, yeah, they run DSL over a majority of the internet nation. But you like, here's the thing. Even a big company Fios like Verizon um, has an issue with a Verizon Fios where, oh, yeah, it's fiber optic until it actually goes to your house and it's going over to fucking DSL lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my thing is is that uh, the, one of the great things about community internet, though, is that it's it's an open platform that, that plays nicely with other platforms. Um, much similar to Fortnite on PlayStation 4. Um, <laughs> yeah. my segues uh, are on point my segues are on point um so, <laughs> oh wait yeah so oh you know you want your dad blue box yeah like uh yeah 10, 10 out of 10 best segue yep exactly um so in any case uh so fortnite moving on because i don't want to sit there and talk about depressing situation with ISPs in the United States for the entire stream that we're on. So Fortnite actually got some good news um, soon, DM, um, is that Sony announced uh, over the past couple of weeks that they are going to finally, finally uh, open up cross-platform play um, for their console. However, they're, they're starting... So go, so go snipe peasants, people. Yeah, they're they're going to they're going to start with Fortnite, um, but it they're very cagey on which games they're going to allow through. I have a suspicion that you're not going to see Minecraft with crossplay um, on PlayStation because that really does not benefit um, Sony at all. Whereas Fortnite and maybe uh, I don't know, um, was that uh, the what's the league? God damn it, what's the car soccer game? League of Legends. No. Oh, Rocket League. Fight, Rocket, League. Rocket League. That's the one. Oh, 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, Rocket League, they might do that because that's good publicity. That makes them look good. But well, yeah, Rocket League was the first one to bring up the cross-play. Yes. Like, they brought it up as soon as the game came out. They were the one that the game broke... Came out, like, it, was like, it was right around the launch window when it came out. They broke the news that Sony had put the brakes on cross-play. They were the one that yeah, first they, broke they said it. They said they wanted to do it in, like, 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, like and they were more or less saying that they, like Sony's excuse of like oh it's there's a lot of technological issues and things that you know have to be considered and and Rocket League was Not like really no actually it wasn't in fact we accidentally had crossplay turned on at one point in time by accident yeah, that's what they said for Fortnite <laughs> Rocket League was like we just have to press a couple buttons we can have it ready in thirty minutes yeah yeah oh no that's right yeah Ro- uh, Fortnite was the one that, that said it took us thirty minutes yeah. Like it was just like no, there's 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 not a lot of technical boundaries here. There are economic boundaries, and that's exactly and that's all that Sony really cares about on the subject, which is why they'll probably be very uh, cautious on who they allow crossplay for. What I don't get is like okay, if you're gonna connect these servers, really, how much more does it take than just allowing them to see each other's IP addresses? I I really don't see. What else there is to it? No, a little no, bit no. more than that. But it's still this for, for each server. Wait, what, what? Who went now? I'm saying I don't understand why. It sounds like it would just be like a rule, and um, what you call on the server? Maybe I don't know if they're running. It, they're probably not running Active Directory. I'm going to use Active Directory because most what I'm most familiar with. Wouldn't it be simple enough to just? Is, I'm, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it. It can't be just like just a rule. You can go to these IPs and you can go to these IPs. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it. Um, so if you remove the rule, yeah, it's it's. it's and more, I think I'm oversimplifying it. You're not thinking. You're thinking Active Directory. It's actually more like a VLAN. Um, okay. essentially, essentially, it's like a VLAN. Uh, th- this is oversimplifying it, yes, but it's essentially like a VLAN that blocks traffic to other VLANs on the same switch. Yeah. Um, uh, or on the same network control, I should say. But uh, and the thing is, is that it would take it would be very easy and fairly quick to enable crosstalk between those VLANs. Right. Like, like I'm talking, you coming in the morning, and I I think it would be ready before lunch. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, with with theirs, it it is a uh, and while I simplified as a VLAN, it's actually more of they have to include certain. Um, commands on what in their matchmaking essentially right now they have uh i'm assuming how it would probably work is that when matchmaking is initiated it pings your console or your pc or whatever your uh agent id if you is essentially uh what platform are you on and then it says okay you are pc cool Uh, it's the pc client of fortnite um, it will then say, well, you're on PC, now match with PC clients. Um, if you have cross-play enabled, then it says match with any clients or match with clients where the agent ID equals Xbox, Nintendo Switch. So and they have like to, permissions, bro. Yeah, they have to. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it's, it's essentially a permissions game. It's, a, it's an if-else is, is what it is. It's an if right, that's what I'm trying to do. It's, it's like the um, if true, do this; if false, do this. Yeah, exactly, and that's that. That's likely what it comes down to is in the matchmaking that's filtered. Right, and I probably didn't say, and I probably didn't say it well, but that's what I was trying to kind of trying to get at. Yeah, 
And no, we don't we don't want to say fuck Sony this time because Sony did good this time. We'll say fuck, fuck Sony next week because Sony's probably gonna fuck up next week. It's not even gonna take a week. No, the thing and, is, and is that they gave me God of War and Spider Man this year in Detroit. I'm the, trying to have a little faith because they released right. amazing games. Don't worry, don't worry. They'll disappoint you. Do something stupid. They just then they just turn around and do some arrogant shit. The thing is, is that uh, <laughs> I I I don't know. Like the thing, what kills me on here is that uh, <laughs> the quote from Sony in this announcement. I, I love I love what they say on here. <clears throat> uh, talking about the Fortnite um, cross-platform beta that they're going to. Do. We see the beta as an opportunity to conduct thorough testing that ensures cross-platform play is best on PlayStation while being mindful anywhere while being mindful about the, the user experience from both a technical and a social experience like motherfucker it has zero to do with being PlayStation it has everything to do with the game designer mm-hmm. like, now, I could understand if they say like they want to be able to support the customer like mm-hmm. The customer has a problem with it. Say they have a problem with somebody on Xbox. They want to make sure that they can support that person. I can get that. My thing but is... But the way they're making it sound like, oh, like, well, PlayStation has to be superior. It won't be. It'll be more or less equal. Yeah, th- that's the thing, is that it'll just be... All it does <clears throat> is it opens up gaming. Now, obviously, people have that concern of, oh, you know... Uh, PC players will absolutely dominate um, players in like competitive multiplayer games. And I'm like, well, here's the thing. I would rather have the option, even if I was playing on console and I was having to use a controller, I would still prefer to have the option to have cross-platform play uh, and then decline it as opposed to have someone preventing it from being there at all. Because right. mm-hmm. I like what they're doing in a lot of these cross-play games now. Well, kind of. I think I don't like how the, you have to opt into it. I think you have to opt out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Depends but... on the game. If it's, comp- if it's a competitive um, game, you know, that has a d- distinct difference from one or a distinct advantage from one system to another, that one should be opt in. Well, I, I, you know, here's where I'm at. Uh, I use Overwatch as a good example because it's very easy to identify things. For example, Overwatch, quick play would be opt-in or opt-out. You are automatically cross-platform all the time in quick play. You go into competitive, on the other hand, then it's it's opt-in only. Or actually, or you could even prevent it from being in there at all if you want. But I would say it's opt-in. You know, it's... The, reason, the reason I say it should be opt-out is I don't feel like most people actually give a shit one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I think the people that really truly give a shit are going to go and opt out. Well, that the thing is, but it hurts. It hurts the overall matchmaking for the people that don't, because most people I don't think give a shit either way. They just want to play the game. If they're like, well, we're just going to throw you in there. It, it seems like it's just something extra that you have to do. Well, the let's thing- eliminate the steps for the people who don't give a shit. And then, like, okay, if you actually really give a damn about not playing against PC players, if it's really that big of a deal to you to not play against Xbox guys or PlayStation guys or whatever, go to the options, turn it off. The thing is, is that, uh, I mean, with the announcement, I think it was a few weeks ago, which we, we didn't really cover because it, it's really a tiny thing, but Xbox did officially confirm that they will be uh, um, enabling um, mouse and keyboard support in the 
Um, they've been talking about that since 2015. Bill Spencer just finally came out and said it was ready. Yeah, but that's still they've that's, been saying this since 2015. No, no, they've they've been there have been people. Here's the thing: fanboys have been theorizing about it, and there oh, no, have no, been. No, Bill Spencer came out and said it was coming. In yeah, like 2015. But it was just low on the priorities. I imagine they're not in a rush. Oh, yeah. But the thing is, is that. It's generally a uh, a smart move for Xbox because, as I mentioned before, uh, and I know you and I disagree on this, Kev, but you know, essentially, uh, Xbox moving becoming a games platform, a software platform, uh, and not necessarily hardware dependent. Yes, you can have the. Uh, I can kind of see the Xbox console as being in the future a thin client, if you will, uh, of the mm-hmm. Xbox platform. Kind of like a Steam machine, you launch up the console and it goes directly to Steam, only you launch up the console and it goes directly to Xbox, right? Which is the game service. And you get this same game service on a regular PC. That's the same thing as what, to me, what I think Steam or Valve was trying to do with Steam machines, where you have this kind of console-like PC that you launch it up, it goes straight into steam big picture and then you can go on any other pc and also have steam same thing the difference is is that one is just kind of like a light system you don't see windows you don't see any operating system behind it it is just the game platform Mm -hmm. um but xbox obviously has a leg up on that because well they've already been doing consoles so i think that them enabling i think think they're trying to get away from that i think they're trying to just be microsoft they don't want to be Windows. They don't want to be uh, Xbox. They just want to be Microsoft games. Just want to be Microsoft games, period. And you saw, like, with the last couple E3s up until here, where it used to be, like, um, Microsoft exclusive. Windows 10 and Xbox exclusive. And then all the Xbox fans got mad. What about Xbox? We don't care about Windows. So this year at E3, they came out and said, oh, yeah, Xbox exclusive. And then you would see, like, in a small asterisk, also on Windows. <laughs> You know, it's like we know that all these games are coming to Windows. It's just they they're trying to figure out how to word it because they're trying not to turn off the Xbox community, who a lot of them really think that Microsoft is just going to ditch the console. And I I don't think they're going to do that. I think Microsoft's more idea is we have we we are the owners of the Windows platform. They're trying to make it less console dedicated. I don't even think it's that much. I think we own the Windows platform, and we there's this huge segment of people that we're ignoring that are already on our software. On top of this huge segment of people who are already on our hardware, how can we bring this together and be more profitable? Yep. I don't think they want to alienate the Xbox community and say, "Oh, well, you just have to go to PC," because a lot of them aren't going to do it. They're just they're they want to be on their console, so they'll just say, "Well, fuck you, I'll buy a PlayStation." Well, I think so they don't want to piss those guys off. Yeah, and at the same time, they don't want to leave that PC money out there, especially when you start seeing like you start seeing more of the reports um, over the last four, five, six years, where like, oh yeah, PC super profitable, it's the most profitable gaming platform. I'm like, oh my god, what do we do? Because you remember Microsoft used to be heavy into the PC sphere, and they kind of just let Valve take it. Well, that's that's no, they, they no, 
they didn't just let Valve take it. Well, well, they, they actively they, they just dropped it off. After yeah, the games they handed. Live. Yeah, they handed it to Valve with games for Windows yeah. Live. That that right. was so badly the implemented. Games for Windows Live thing. Remember, Steam was trash at that point. Nobody yeah. liked Steam at that point. It was the only other option they and had. And you said, "Well, fuck PC gamers." And as Valve got better, they became the de facto. Yep. And now you're literally like like we could be talking about games on Windows and Xbox. The same way we're talking about, the same way people talk about gaming on Valve, or on Steam, excuse me. But we don't because Microsoft got greedy. Yep. Well, my thing is, is that where where I could see them going, and they they are they would be smart if they did do this. There are rumors that Xbox is going to move towards um, more cloud computed versions of their uh, of their next console, which. Like oh, I said, yeah, with the, I heard they were doing like a streaming console. Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a streaming console well, there, or not. There's rumors of them, again, rumors of them releasing two different consoles, a cheaper, yeah. slimmer, streamed down um, streaming client, uh, streaming oh. device, which will have partial downloads. And then there's going to be the bigger hardware heavier that has, you know, yeah. holds the entirety of the game on it. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. that it's more the traditional Xbox. That, yeah, again, these are at. straight out. These are straight out rumors. They're like there's no even hint of leaks or anything about this. This mm-hmm. is pure speculation. Yeah, it's it's speculative. And if that is the case, that would be a smart business choice for Microsoft because Microsoft does have a very significant and very powerful cloud computing system. You know, Azure is very much usable for this scenario. The only way that this could have been better is if it was Amazon releasing a console. <laughs> you know, that's... Yeah, because Amazon and, might and be the one the company out there that can keep up with Microsoft in terms of um, streaming. Yeah. The cloud they're, well, they're the only company that has more powerful cloud computing than Microsoft. Uh, that's... Mm-hmm. Cloud computing is actually... Are, are they more powerful than Microsoft? I know they're I don't know. on par. The, the thing is, is that uh, for cloud computing, they're on par. As far as cloud infrastructure, Amazon, AWS is, is beat them hands down. But cloud computing is its own unique segment. You have you have infrastructure as a service, software as a service, and... Uh, and yeah. And, and, and Storage. No, I can't remember Storage. the other one. Anyway, uh, the point is, is that their actual cloud computing platform is actually a uh, uh, is very powerful and very usable, and that would be a smart business choice for them. And as I mentioned before, my major problem of Xbox One versus PS4 is there was nothing really to distinctify the hardware. And if I'm being honest, that's the same thing with the PS3, Xbox 360, and the PS2 and Xbox One. There wasn't really that much i mean they got closer together as years went on the original xbox and the ps2 were the most different of the pair right and then the next each generation well, they kind of got closer they were quite and closer different together. but the way they operated was still very similar mm-hmm. because even though the og xbox was built like a computer it was still running games direct off disk it had no way of installing games or other features that you know no no additional apps or anything like that it was still set up very much like the console of the any other console of the era um it wasn't until you got the next generation of both where they started more or less you all running the software more as if the machine were a computer as opposed to you know just the hardware being set up like that and even then you know there was 
like the, the as they the software started to uh, you know expanding in its capabilities, the system started becoming more similar. Until of course you got PS4, or Xbox One, where well, shit, the, the hardware is almost is 99% identical. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's that's and that's the thing is that I and, and Kevin I have debated this up and down, sideways, left and right. Well, we just have a difference in why you choose a game platform. That's what it comes down well, to. Yeah. You well, want to differentiate think, yeah. the hard, hold on, let me finish. You want to differentiate in hardware where I'm saying it's about the software. So it's not so much like I agree with you on yeah, the hardware is much different. I just don't believe that particularly people that play on console care about the hardware. They oh care no. About the software. Well, you're you're having two different definitions or two different software because of what I look at the software is the backbone of it, not just Yeah, what I'm looking you're at just doing. games. You're looking at games. That's not entirely. That's a, that's a, a, a focus point of the software. And if you look at all of the games versus just a select pile of games, that's another thing. Is if you're saying the software, you got to say all of the software as opposed to just saying games. And then that starts throwing the argument a little bit in Mort's favor back again because, as he's pointing out, the real difference is just the games, not the yeah. software as the whole, and I'll, definitely I'll, I'll, the sure as fuck I'll, not the hardware. That. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 give, I'll give you that because, and that when I say software, I'm purely I'm talking about games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's where you gotta you gotta specify on that. <laughs> yeah, well, I to clarify to I can never say that name in the chat. Craig Canoe. Um, it's not so much games can't do currently define the console right now because a lot of people you talk to are of Kev, and Kev is kind of making the. Uh, if you call it the argument to the people, the the argumentum the populi. Uh, argument that, of the people. Well, yeah, it's essentially he he's coming at the position of the the everyman, the standard standard person that's gonna look and be shopping for a gaming experience. And as far as it goes, like for example, Sony, they give you a console with a bunch of great games that are very highly rated and are very well made. Well, that makes them an excellent value prop- proposition for just the. Every man who is just looking for, and I should say every man or every woman, sorry, me. <laughs> let me be inclusive there, um, that is looking for uh, just a good gaming experience. They don't care about the politics, the fanboy arguments, any of that bullshit. They just want a gaming experience. Right, they just want to play games. My argument comes from a position of um, that I just, I personally am of the mind that I think that those gaming experiences are what they are after they should not have to be forced into it one console one particular console in order to have those great gaming experiences. you know like for example uh we can and you can throw in whatever platform exclusive that you want divinity original sin 2 which is now out on consoles but previously launched on pc originally great gaming experience I would not wish that experience to be denied to console players uh, unless there was some really significant reason. Like, for example, say Larian Games did not have the budget to make it for the consoles uh, and there was no way for them to get the budget for that. Or if there was some reason the control system was just not something that was translatable to a console or something like that. Uh, in or, which case, or, or, and, 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 and I think the argument that you're making is too. I don't think your average console player doesn't. I don't. I think your average person just doesn't care if these games come to PC or not. No, the no, console fanboys I, do. I, I am. Really, I am both ways. Like, I do not want 
PC games to be not desi- uh, denied to console players or console games to be denied to PC players. Either way, right, right, yeah, yeah, we're in agreement there. I'm saying I think uh, another. Uh, I was going to say another see it for mm-hmm. PC only uh, an argument is well, the, the uh, developers of Eve, um, they don't want to make the game weak enough to be able to run on lesser hardware. And that's the thing is like, you know, you, your PC actually has to have some pretty decent specs to run Eve effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and not, not the, the developers themselves said that, like, we're not going to dumb it down to make it work for consoles. And, and that's, that, that's a legitimate argument right there. That's that I, have, I have no problem with the game not coming to console because I... the console physically can't run it. The same way I have no problem with a game not coming to PC, though I have no reason no real reason why a game wouldn't come to PC. Yeah, the- I just go to whatever platform for its library of games and for its flexibility. What? Like, people talk to me about PC hardware. I didn't come to PC for hardware. No, 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 no. And, and that's and that's not the argument I'm making. My, my no, argument... I'm not saying you are. I'm saying some people make that argument. Yeah, my, my argument is entirely of gamers, not fanboys, gamers, they just want to enjoy good games. They don't fucking right. care if they have a PC, an Xbox, a Wii, or their fucking smartphone. They right, they just, just want to play good games. They just want to play good games. Yeah. And I think that it's... And the, the all, sad all part is, is some of the fanboys don't actually play the games. They just want to argue. Yeah. Yeah, most, a lot of them do. They want to feel part of that in-group. That's mm-hmm. really what it yeah. is. It, 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 it's like sports teams. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, your team sucks because it's not my team. Yeah, that's pretty and, much and it. We, and it's like and when you look at it, like you look at all of these platforms, like if somebody who's like owned and played all of them like fairly recently, they're they all offer slightly different experience. Xbox is kind of more of a social platform with PlayStation. There's not a lot of reason to buy PS Plus. You the best games on PlayStation are single player. <laughs> you have Nintendo Nintendo's amazing for couch co-op. I love PC for its flexibility. Or they're just games on it that just wouldn't work on a console. Um, one of the big things that got me on PC in the first place is backward compatibility. Hey, here, here's the thing: you throw out Xbox, and they're dumb if, cheap. If if Xbox now Eve Eve aside, Eve is actually a rarity. Most of the incompatible games that are on PC that don't come to console are usually control scheme limited. Like for example, right. MMOs yes. requiring. 250,000 fucking hotkeys like your WoW yeah. or your SOTOR that just have so many damn hotkeys, it's just not going to work on a uh, properly on a uh, console. It, yeah, on a, a common controller. Now it you needs throw, a full keyboard layout or something that can effectively emulate. Now you throw out, now you throw out for me Xbox as keyboard mouse. Suddenly that limitation is gone. I see no reason why WoW or SOTOR could not then run on Xbox One. Because, let's be honest, neither of those games are particularly that demanding. They're not that fancy on graphics, right? So I see no reason why both of those could not come to Xbox One. If it had built-in keyboard and mouse, and there, there would be a caveat, you would see on the box of the game or in the description of it, keyboard mouse required. Actually, in some, I've seen some of the uh, Xbox fan channels um, specifically, I know Dealer Gaming. I, I watch him sometimes. Um, I think it was Dealer who made that exact actual suggestion. Just put it right in the dashboard on Xbox. Mouse and keyboard only. 
Yeah. It, well, I mean, like, if you look at uh, Steam, Steam Big Picture has this feature. When you go... Oh, it has it on regular Steam, too. If you go on the store page, it'll say full controller support, partial controller support, no yep. controller support. Well, no, like what Mort's talking about is if you launch a game, like, say, I, I run the Steam controller, so I launch a lot of games with the Steam controller turned on, and it will uh, pop, up, uh, uh, pop up a warning that says, this game is not uh, um, designed for controller use. You know, you may need to configure it or something like that. I don't remember the yeah, details I've, I've of the, seen, the I've notice. Seen that too. Well, like, like I yeah. popped up Civilization in big picture mode, and yeah. it with my controller, yeah. and it said, "Oh yeah, this game is um, not designed for for controller. You should use keyboard and mouse." I've seen that. And yeah, then I say, know. "Bitch, I'm running a Steam controller. I don't care." Yeah. Well, my, but my thing is though is that say, sorry that you spent money on a Steam controller. Ultimately, my my kind of uh, utopia. If I you work will. make MMOs work on it. Yeah. My but my ultimate utopia. Or ESO. Yeah. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's great. It, it's not a bad game, but no. Uh, essentially, my utopia on on essentially what I would love to see the gaming um, industry become with uh, console makers, or I should say, platform makers, is that you have games in their own little box. Publishers publish games. I I, I would prefer things to be more independent, but whatever. Games get made over here. The developer of that game chooses the platforms. In s in parentheses on there the platform or platforms they want their game to be on whatever they're not restricted they're not uh contractually obligated to release on any platform they just pick whatever one they want right then the hardware makers are over here and they are making hardware and they're trying to make that hardware unique in some way to sell it to the consumer like xbox you know microsoft is utilizing their cloud platform to say hey you can buy this cheaper and less expensive thin client here that runs games better because it runs off of a streaming client playstation sony is like hey look we offer the best vr experience for uh for uh, the best price we have the best value in vr experience right you know mm -hmm. maybe yeah you can get more expensive setups on pc but this 400 bucks, you get a PSVR full setup and you can run VR games. That's unique. Or you get Nintendo with a Switch of like, yeah, this can be a, a living room console, but you can also take it with you on the go and have a mobile game experience. That's going to hurt your hands. Yeah, it's going to hurt your hands. It but the point hands. is, is that they are offering <laughs> something unique that they have. They are strong in. They're playing to mm. their strengths, right? They're not all trying to make this homogenous gray mass of consoles that you can't really distinctify them from each other they're all playing to their strengths right and then the games you know like maybe uh maybe one game publisher it wants to make a really powerful game really high intensity um and maybe that's not going to run so well on psvr um but they know they can utilize cloud streaming to make it work better on xbox so they go with xbox but then, you know, some people will make PSVR games, you know, that sort of thing. That's kind of what my dream, if you will, is, is to have them divorce from each other. And, you know, when I go and I want to buy a PC, I'm buying a PC because I want these certain kind of features of the hardware. I buy a PlayStation because I want these certain features of the hardware, not the games that are on them, uh, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm the total opposite. I, I buy them for the game. Like, I could care less for the most part about your hardware and software. But my, my, my point is, is that you want to play the games. I'm saying that 
I want it to where you don't have the to game, buy a hard. The, the hardware complements the games. Okay. Yeah, I, I want it to where you want to play Fortnite, you want to play, uh, you know, like Uncharted, you want to play Gears of War, whatever. You buy a buy PC, you buy a PlayStation, whatever. You know what? Just play all of them on that one console. You you pick the maybe you pick the <laughs> console where all your friends are at, and then you play mm-hmm. whatever games you want. You don't have to go. Yeah, that's, yeah, what, that's, that's what, what um for me i play playstation i like playstation these days i love those cinematic experiences that's that's just me like i love like, the playstation games feel like movies like like the order 1886 the last of us feels like a movie Spider-Man you know that's because it's running like in 24 frames a second, right? <laughs> no, that's that's the that, oh, no, that's no, the letterbox, man. The way the image looks. The the letterbox uh. on the top of the bottom cutting out like 40% of the picture, right? <laughs> oh, that's just the order. <laughs> that's that's that was the joke I was making. Oh, it's more cinematic. Mhm. But no, no, the thing no, is but is it's that like, but those are the kind of the games that I like even some like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Or not Shadow of the Tomb, Rise of the Tomb Raider to me Shadow not so much. Uh feels like a movie. The thing is, is that... I I happen to like a lot of games like that. That is not something that's necessarily that Sony has the corner of the market on. If you look at, like I said... Oh, no, I agree with you. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Raider. Yeah. I just think Sony... I just think I like that about Sony's games. Or if you look at uh, Hellblade. Sony just makes great games. Hellblade is another good example of a cinematic experience. Hellblade is another great one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I didn't really care much for the game. It kind of... It made me nauseous. Yeah. But... That's because I was playing with headphones. The voice is going everywhere. It just made oh, me vomit. It it fucking disorients the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, um, and they and they and they advise you to play the Miles game. Neff. <laughs> By the way, Garrett Keane in Kev's chat. Welcome, welcome. You're yes, welcome. we rant about Sony. Oh wow, there's somebody else in Kev's chat. What the hell? I I just gave up on it. Yep. <laughs> You're not supposed to tell the people that because then they won't come back. They can see it on the stream, Kev. Unless you're listening on the podcast on one of our many audio sources, in which case you don't have to see Kev's lonely chat, and you should be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so without <laughs> without without any any smooth segues going on here, I think I, I think we can beat beat the console Another debates. Another cinematic game. Yeah, no, uh, but I think we can beat that console um, topic to death over and over again. But let's talk about something a little bit more fun. So recently, um, there, there was a letter sent to CD Projekt Red. This is so great. This is so, so, so fantastic. Yeah. A, a letter, a demand letter from the author of the, the Witcher book series, the original creator, um, which is Sikowski, um, sent a demand letter to CD Projekt Red saying, you owe me about... 12 point or 16.1 million USD in additional royalties, which you're like, shit, what, what was CD project red doing, man? They were ripping someone off. They were using this Witcher title without, without paying the author. What? That's fucking crazy. Only to find out that he, they came to him and um, before they even started the series and said, Hey, how much can we pay you for it? And he said, don't bother. No, he. I think the words were "don't bother." Well, they said you can take lump sum or royalties, and he chose. Lump sum. No, no, they said, "Hey, we want to pay you a percentage of the profit," and he said, 
this ain't gonna ain't game ain't gonna make shit. Give me all my money up front. Stop being fucking uh scam artists here. He thought they were trying to scam him. And he, he demanded all of his money up front, which amounted to just under ten thousand dollars. They paid him ten thousand dollars up front. I thought it was like a, I thought it was in the hundreds of thousands. Nope, like ten thousand dollars. That's what he wanted up wow, front. Wow, holy shit. And uh, $10,000 because they offered him a cut of the check <clears throat> up front. They said, hey, this is this, this is the way royalties work. This is standard. This is not like some derivation off of it. And he said, nope, video games are fucking stupid. They'll never make any money. Give me my money up front. And he has since <laughs> several times said that he does not like video games. And that he does not believe video games are a means where a story can be properly conveyed. So you can kind of get the mentality of the person uh, that you're dealing yeah. with here. Um, Very old man. And then as he saw that mentality. the mm -hmm. millions upon millions of dollars that CD Projekt Red is rolling he in. He shut this deal down while he was screaming, hey, you kids, get off my lawn. Now, now mm -hmm. many people might think... Before I, I get to you guys' opinions on here, many people might think that uh, I'm kind of being unnecessarily kind of uh, uh, down or uh, like disregarding the author on here and kind of, uh, um, you know, making him look worse unnecessarily. Uh, the thing is, is that the demand letter his lawyer sent CD Projekt Red read very much like an actual blackmail letter. It was a, you know, like, hey, you owe us $16 million in additional royalties based upon this math, which the math is not wrong. It was like, I, I think about, uh, uh, what was it, 3 or 6% of the profits or something like that that they made off the Witcher scene. So that wasn't wrong. The part that was really shady was at the end where they were saying like, oh, and by the way, you should probably keep this quiet because, you know, if you make this public, then it might hurt uh, investors, uh, like investor money coming in for the Witcher franchise. Like, so they were essentially saying, hey, pay us this money, but keep it on the download. Don't take it public um, because then you you might be getting less investor money. And so the very next day, of course, CD Projekt Red made everything public. Mm -hmm. That was a, a shady way, a, a sneaky way of CD Projekt Red going like this and being like, we don't give a that fuck. wasn't sneaky at all that's like <laughs> yeah that's like eat a dick yeah they, they were like we don't give a fuck. it may have been sneaky to that original author because i'm not sure he would have. <laughs> yeah now and the thing is is while it might appear very clear because obviously the author himself has publicly admitted that he turned that he was the one that they offered him royalties and he turned that down in favor of a lump sum. So people would say that's pretty cut and dry case. I mean, he's on record for having done this. However, there is in Polish law, there is a uh, um, uh, kind of this, uh, I believe it's article 44 of one of, of their, uh, their copyright act they have in Poland actually stipulates something. And I, I think the idea there is to protect big corporations from you know paying some little guy a thousand bucks to use his his uh his ip and then making billions of dollars off of it so there is actually a polish law that says that uh if the if a, a person licenses uh copyrighted material and makes a significant amount more 
than what the um, the actual person has made on it or something to that effect, then that the owner of the copyright is entitled to additional. Which, I mean, that's... The way it's worded, it's vague enough to where CD Projekt Red may have to end up paying for this. But by the sound of the way that they were talking um, in offhand comments they've made on it, it sounds like if they do end up having to pay it, it won't just be paying for um, paying for the back um, payments on it. They will be um, uh, essentially also paying for carte blanche further future use of the Witcher name and franchise, period. Like as in, they're not going to let him keep blackmailing them every few years for additional uh, payments. This is going to be, yeah, sure, we'll pay you the $60 million, but we are never going to pay you again. So my th my question to you guys is, first of all, do you guys think that that the CD Projekt Red is going to end up having to succeed? Do you think that Zyphon is going to end up knocking all of his stuff off his desk? <laughs> He's that angry. <laughs> and and furthermore, <laughs> uh, do you guys think that um, do you guys think that CD Projekt Red should be paying them? Do you think they will? No, I think I think they. Uh, I don't think they should have to. They came to do this and said, "Hey, we want to work you into this deal." See, he told them to the fuck off, is, and now he wants to come back. Oh, let me finish. But now he wants to come back and say, "Oh well, I didn't think it was going to be this big. I want to renege." No, you don't get to renege. You are an asshole. Eat a bag of dicks. That's the end of it. Well, that, you, like, it? and that's the thing is the matter of record. Yeah, it does sound like a scumbag. And that's the problem with this. And I'd be very disappointed Polish, uh, uh, the turnout in Poland comes to be on this if it is not in CD Projekt's Red's favor. And I am very rarely actually going to side with a business in this sort of situation because most of the time they are not, uh, they do not have moral high ground. Mm -hmm. Usually CD business is just about Red making money. does. Fuck you, I just want money. Yeah, like, you know, I understand, like, they're, you know, for creative, uh, for cr cr um, originating the character and all that stuff. But, okay, you look at the story of the books versus the story of the games, content, and so forth. How much original writing did uh, um, Red do versus the original author? Like, did they adapt his story to their games directly and do very little writings at all or just make it so that it was an interactive environment or did they do a lot of original creativity on their own when you look at actual property content right it's different if they just like remake as opposed to just like starting with a template and running with it. from what i understand a lot now i i do believe that some of the events of witcher 3 i think were taken from some of sipkowski's books but I do believe that the majority of the writing is entirely unique in a lot of the stories being um, from from my understanding. A lot of the books seem to take place before the events of The Witcher. Um, I could be wrong on there because I have not. I've, I think I've only read one of The Witcher books. And to be honest, I had a difficult time getting through it. You know, here's the sad part, though, is I don't think... You know what? What uh, my guess on what kicked this off, considering what little stake he uh, pu uh, puts into video games, he was probably not paying attention to the success of the games. Mm -hmm. I think it was the Netflix series that caught his attention. No, he's he's a part of the Netflix series. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a, he's a producer on it. Um, so here's the thing. No, no, no. What what it is is that it would be impossible for him to ignore the success of the video game. Why? Because the video game is, and this is going to be something that's going to bite him in the ass. Video game has surpassed the game. Well, no, yeah, they they have, but they've also made him more successful as a result. the The thing is, is that the Witcher series is un was unheard of outside of Poland before the video games. Now I guarantee you he had an exponential increase in the book sales after in especially after language language adaptations the too. Yeah, especially after in the multiple Witcher language adaptations. Like I hear so many people talking about uh um I I I really hear so many people talking about how um how they go and want to go and read the books after they play the games because they want to see what all all the hype's about. Well, even beyond that, when we we start talking about best games of this gaming generation, mm-hmm. The Witcher Three comes up a lot. Yep, and I'm not saying that it's wrong that it does. I think it is. It probably is one of the best games of the generation. Mm-hmm. Um, not my. I think my favorite is probably still God of War, but I understand. I understand. <laughs> The, the Witcher Three is is a a marvel of storytelling in itself, and I, I definitely agree with that. But my thing is is that I I and and again I'm I'm with Zyphon on here. I mean, how often am I am I the person siding with a business on something, especially when it comes to copyright? Like I'm usually pretty soundly in the well. No, the thing is is I'm um since a lot of the stuff we do tends to fall in the gray area of of fair use. I tend to have a little bit different view of copyright and, sp- and particularly the fact that I think <laughs> that copyright laws are extremely outdated nowadays and need to be kind of revised yeah. in how they're run. You mean, you mean, why are we still basing our laws on 50 year old laws? That just 50 <laughs> years old? They, they believe the Copyright Act was from the 70s. Uh, the original Copyright Act, I think, was actually older than that. The Digital Millennium Copyright Act that most of Which us deal with trash. um that one actually was in the 90s i believe so that, that was in the, yeah, the late 90s after the whole shit with napster mm-hmm. but the napsters would kicked it off yeah but the thing is is that um i am of the, i'm of the mind that um that hopefully this gets thrown out of court um that the judge looks at this and says dude you you were offered like it wasn't that the cd project red tried to trick you you gambled and lost. Mm-hmm. You know, you were given a choice. Uh, they offered you like proper remuneration and you turned it down. That's the thing. Uh, if it was that CD Projekt Red like tricked him and, and didn't let him know that he could get a percentage of the of the profits or something to that effect, if that was the or case. Even if, they, they, even if they made that offer but tried to make it sound not as good, it's like, oh, you're you're you get you can get three percent of the par- profits. You know your first year is going to earn you a thousand dollars, or we we can pay you in a lump sum where you can just get uh, ten grand right up front. Mm-hmm. You know it's like well give me the ten grand not the not the thousand. Like, yeah, you know that 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 is that is it. That's where a, a tricky judgment call comes into play. Where you know somebody who has uh, you know good legal standing background analyzes it carefully and then picks it apart and finds out exactly where that lies you know where they they make the offer but they make the offer concealed 
Yeah. Well, Whereas this this wasn't the case at all. It, there was no concealment on the part of CD Project what Red whatsoever. They're just like, you know, you know, good good. Uh, here's your percentage. You know, we expect good success out of this. You can make a lot of money. I don't think you will. I want ten grand. Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other part it's, of it's it, it's like answering the first question successfully and who wants to be a millionaire and just quitting. Yeah. Uh, no, mm-hmm. actually, uh, okay. So what? I will wanna... take my hundred dollars and go home and play my family's future. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the thing is, and I here's the other part. Saturday on Night Live. It. Yep, I, I I remember this kid. No, the thing is, is I gotta give credit where it's due. The the thing is, is that I I do have the uh, belief that I think that CD Projekt Red is gonna walk into that courtroom, and what they're gonna do, and this will be this will be a good tactic if they try this. Now, uh, I'm not a lawyer. But in, in my logical mind, which may be inaccurate on how it works <laughs> which here, is illogical. if they were to walk into the courtroom and demonstrate that the increase of his book sales equal out to the amount that he was demanding from them or greater, if he, if he got, uh, you know, uh, 16 million or more in book sales, that could be demonstrated to be as a result of the Witcher game series, that would be brilliant. I'm just throwing that yeah. out there. Like, there, there's your payment right there, dude. Here's what you wanted. Like, essentially, they were they were saying you that already got you, it. you already got this. As our the publicity from our game ended up giving you this money anyway. So it's yeah, it's pretty much. Um, I I'm of the mind that uh, you know, uh, it, it's it's a. The guy is obviously a scumbag. He is salty as fuck that he gambled and lost. And he's just trying to trying to get him some extra money. But I guarantee you he's not this guy is not a starving artist here. And I don't think anybody should have that opinion. He's been doing quite well off of the sales of the Witcher book series, especially due to the Witcher game series. So add on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Kev, uh pay the man his money. Uh, no. <laughs> I plan for this to get thrown out in um, whatever EU Supreme Court they have. It'll probably go to a Polish court. Um, and the catch is, like I said, I'm I'm actually not 100% certain on there. The, uh, uh, what was it? The uh, Act on Copyright and Related Rights um, in Poland, Article 44 states that it may be assumed that standard royalty rates associated with use of a work, particularly in adaptations, are approximately 5 to 15% of the profit generated. Um, essentially, they're saying that that's not what he got, and therefore he's entitled to. <coughs> so We'll see how that turns out. But, that all said, final thoughts. Zyphon, final thoughts. The, the 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 bullshittery you know okay like I, i'm not i am not trying to start a political debate especially with final thoughts but somebody called me out as a liberal at one point in time earlier today i'm not and like i immediately shot that down it's like no i'm not a liberal i'm a bullshit caller this is bullshit i'm calling it you know you you post you know uh Prop- uh, false propaganda on the other side of things. I'll call bullshit on that too. I don't give a fuck. And it comes to the same thing that's not even government related, <laughs> like just business. 
liberally a ginger. <laughs> Not as much as it seems like, but yes. Well, well, well played, Casork. Um, Ka considering that I can, you can't tell, but I can tan. I would call that conservative, conservatively a ginger. No, no, that doesn't work, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, but that's... yeah, like all the bullshit to call out on shit. It's just exhausting sometimes. You know, like looking at games, looking at all that other shit. Ah. If if our YouTube money, well, if well, our YouTube I mean, channel was it, making any money, we would be de demonetized by that statement right there. I just want to throw it out there. By the way, well, what, I mean, the it, liberal it, it ginger. No, you just got you just made a any kind of political statement. Oh, I think, yeah. I, I think also just the the high level of bullshit and fuckery that goes on in the industry goes to something I've been saying offline anyway. It's like we find there's so much negative shit going on in gaming that we sometimes sound like a bunch of angry people. And it's like yeah. it's not that we're angry like all the time. It's just those are like the biggest work and most interesting news stories are the shit that just happens to piss us all off. And it's like, at what point does this industry get better? Like, they know what we want and they don't care. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, when, when, well, let's, let's talk we'll about be, uh, for a minute. You know, uh, I'm, I'm going to have some happy moments when Fortuna comes out. We'll, we'll have a good, good nature podcast then. Hey, guys, <laughs> we're, unless they fuck it up. I was thinking about Ubisoft and they're always releasing games. And they'll give you the system requirements to play to 30 frames a second. Don't nobody on PC want to play no goddamn 30 frames per second? No. <laughs> we would prefer to all lift together. Together. Yes. Together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's because they don't want the console players to feel bad. So they make our games run like shit so that way we're not, so that way our version isn't better than the console version. <laughs> uh, Kev. How about some also some shillery? Shillery? Um, of course. Find me on Twitch, Kevin7Gaming. On YouTube, Kevin7. Um, I do game streams. Of course, sometimes I talk about games, talk about gaming news too. Um, just getting back into the swing of things. I've been enjoying Forza. Been enjoying um, Pillars of Eternity 2. Deadfire. Um, Being a pirate. And Monster, and, and Monster Hunter. <laughs> so I've been jumping back and forth between all of them. Yeah. What about what about that other game that uh, killing the zombies? Yo, you oh, you haven't cool. you haven't you haven't been playing as much as uh, as Joe and I. We've been we've yeah, been yeah, going. I got on like one or two nights with you. Oh no, mm -hmm. I got on with you and Joe that one night. Yep. And then me and Joe tried to catch you the next night, but you didn't come on. And then I wasn't on last night because I was um, was playing on Forza with Fame. Yeah, but I actually managed to get on last night. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We were well, rocking, I, I man. I can't help that. That field medic. Like, I'd never see more on <laughs> my games during the week. Almost never. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and I, I, I don't know if it's like, because you get on a little later, don't you? I have, I have usually during weekdays about an hour or so to actually play some games. It's between eight and nine. That's all I've got. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So, see, so about eight o'clock, I'm usually helping my kids get in the bed, wrap up for the night. Mm -hmm. And then me and my wife are hanging out doing whatever. Life, so when man. I get on, it's more like <laughs> five. Yep. <laughs> like I'm usually on at five and get off around seven. You just seven. need to get up at three a.m. before work, like I do in game. Then 
No, that's like, yeah. I have like another hour of sleep before then. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I just, no, that's, you know what? I do if not, you were actually I do not gaming, do I would catch you at that time. Yeah, that's true. And I do not. that's 6 a.m. for me. I can't. I am so not a morning person. It's not even funny. Whenever we finally decided to move the, str the stream to uh, evening time, I was like, yeah, uh, sure, guys. I'm okay with this. You know, I'm making a sacrifice, but secretly I'm really <laughs> happy about it. Actually, you know what's funny about that? My my wife like absolutely hates this evening. <laughs> so, Every, like, like nobody's happy. Hates doing doing Saturday nights. Like, can't y'all go back in the morning? I'm like, nah, they just looks better for everyone. Yeah, everybody likes it. No, no, you guys can do it. She hates it. <laughs> yeah, you you can tell her the option is to do it smack middle in the afternoon. Yeah, that would be. The best. I, I, I I told her that's what that was was happening, and I. I, I she was like, but that, that that just doesn't work for me. I'm like, well, you're not a All right, evening it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best time of everyone. Like your choice is 1 p.m. or 7 p.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when, I, when I told her that, like, that was the other perspective, she was like, but, but that still doesn't work well for me. <laughs> but. Like, the world can't revolve around me. I can't help that. I'm sorry. Yeah. See, if we're still still doing the, the morning slash afternoon podcast, I wouldn't have been here for it today. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Not that you guys care, but whatever. So moving on to uh, to final thoughts on here. Uh, so first thing is, important note, guys, important note, and we'll make sure to tweet this out as well uh, so that that way you know it. Uh, no party stream next week. Um, Kev might be streaming solo, um, but uh, we won't be doing the, the normal party stream uh, here on the Pixel Crashers channel or elsewhere. Uh, so obviously it's not going to be any of that. We will be back for the next podcast the week after, though. So that will all be there. Uh, also on top of that, we uh, have a couple of, I think, uh, interesting theme nights that are coming up that will be interesting for our party streams. Uh, we're going to be doing a... Uh, the reason why I've, I've been kind of playing Killing Floor 2 is to kind of uh, level myself up a bit so that I can have a good showing for our Before Halloween party stream which will be on october 27th so we'll be playing killing floor then and hopefully being a little bit festive halloweeny goodness hopefully uh if zyphon can turn That's himself away fun. from uh his his elaborate crazy halloween setup that will be at his house it's going to take oh, over geez, everything. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of these people uh, ha do time. not understand they do not understand I, I said that I, I said the stereotype Hollywood like suburb Christmas competition where the neighbors have to do lights better than each other. That's what you guys do with Halloween. Yeah, but there's no competition. It's just us. Yeah. <laughs> there is My people wife... that come from out of town, out of county to come see our setup. Yeah. And it, like we, we've seen crazier setups than ours, but it is just that significant out of the area. The people come to fucking see our shit, like the the Hana Garage uh, setup that we've got going on. <laughs> people love it, and, the, and it's and so the, fun too. The plants versus zombies. Event, from, like from eventually, like we're going to grow to because like we keep adding on. Point where we're going to start setting it up as a business. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to get there eventually. I don't know how many years it's going to take, but it'll get there. Yeah, good idea. I mean, you can make some money off of uh, like all that stuff. But in any case, though, so, uh, yeah, so I wanted to go back to the Halloween theme. I wanted to share the sign that I found too. Guys thought it was awesome, and she puts it on her door: the home of a handsome devil, an evil witch, and their little monsters. 
Uh, I, we, I thought the sign uh, was Kev, awesome. Kev, we we got that sign three years ago. <laughs> Katie painted, <laughs> Katie painted that sign three years ago. We we can't all be as hardcore as you, Zyphon. Yeah, he's 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 on the cutting edge of all Halloween. Well, we we have that right. little monster too, and that is year round. Yeah, the, uh, the thing is, the, the thing no, is, she's just an angel. No, the thing <laughs> is, is that the best part was I introduced the new by a little girl. I I, I, I introduced. You see, my screen go blank. <laughs> a lot of crashing and no, screaming. No, no, we don't. We don't. We don't see your screen. No, we don't hear any screen go black. We just hear. <laughs> and then the the curtain behind you shimmers a little bit. Well, I mean, it's. <laughs> It's all about forgiveness. And you know what forgiveness sounds like? Screaming and then silent. <laughs> That's not how it sounds in my house. Yeah, no. The, <laughs> the, thing is, the, the thing is, though, is that I introduced him to a great meme where a dad's tucking in his son, and his son's like, Dad, can we go to a, to a haunted house this year? And da- the dad responds and says, What's wrong with the one we already live in? And the son says, What? And the dad says, Good night, son. <laughs> Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs> Done. Anyway, so obviously for those of you guys listening online to the podcast on all of our various sources that we have on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, you, there's a bunch of them all in the naming and all that stuff. We do stream this live on Twitch as well every Saturday, every other Saturday at 7 p.m. Um, Pacific time. Uh, which you guys are welcome to come join us live there. Or if you're listening to us online, hey, hi there. We're watching you. <laughs> there's nothing creepy about that at all. <laughs> that, that No, there's not. That, I agree. There's nothing creepy at all about Praise Gaben. <laughs> it's not creepy at all. Anyway, um, definitely uh, come check us out. Come say hi. If you're listening to us on one of your mini platforms, hey, be sure to like this and share it around and let people know so that that way we can watch them too. <laughs> okay, it's not Halloween yet. I'm a little bit ahead of Just myself. Just God. Anyway, um, yes, good stuff. Um, we will, and, and also uh, there's links in the chat right now if you're watching on Twitch or links in the description below wherever you might be consuming this podcast for uh, Zyphon, Kev, and myself, so all our social media stuff and where you can get a hold of us, where you can see us, including our Discord servers, where we regularly shit post every day, random stuff that uh, might be funny to us and is probably horribly offensive to other people. That it's is only the way a it goes. Dick pics. Yeah, yeah. I told I've been stop posting them. He yeah, listen. but people just you know what? Them. They're it's just too shiny. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> see. Pasty and shiny are not the same thing. <laughs> oh, and that's the way. They are with my lighting. And that's the way the cookie crumbles, folks. We're going to get out of here. You guys have fun. We'll see you in a couple of weeks for the next Pixel Crashers podcast. Woo. Oh, see, you guys learned too much. I, I tried to leave the mics on you so that no one hears. Like, they think that they're not and then